0: Welcome to today's episode of the 3-Minute Therapy Podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Edelstein. I'm a clinical psychologist and author of a few books on REBT, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy. Uh, the books are 3-Minute Therapy, Therapy Breakthrough, Rational Drinking, and Stage Fright. And uh, the subject of our podcast as you former viewers know, is REBT, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, which was uh, devised by Albert Ellis, a genius in the field of psychotherapy, a revolutionary in the psychotherapy movement, and that dramatically changed the course of psychotherapy from the old Freudian model to the cognitive behavior model. And REBT, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, was the earliest in the line of cognitive behavior therapies. And REBT teaches a very powerful concept and useful concept, and that is our emotions, our anxiety, depression, anger, and our behaviors, procrastination and addictions, don't come from situations, from temptations, or from people treating you poorly, but rather these emotions and behaviors and all emotions and behaviors come from our thinking, the ideas in our head, our beliefs, attitudes, values, what we tell ourselves about situations, not from the situations themselves. And you'll be hearing about this throughout the R interviews at the Three Minute Therapy podcast. Today, as usual, I'm joined by my REBT partner, Kevin Benbow, who uh, has a REBT practice in Yuma, Arizona. And if you have insurance that covers therapy, uh, it's likely to cover therapy with Kevin. And I do Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, and phone therapy. So I'm available internationally. Today, uh, we have a, um, a a guest. We'll be fortunate to have Josh Klenoff with us. And uh, Josh has a business called Helm. And I believe you can find it at helm.com. And Josh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the business, and how it might relate to REBT.
1: Yeah, sure. So, pleasure to be with you guys. Let's see. The business is designed around helping companies achieve something we call organizational health. So, if people come to you for psychological health or when they want physical health, they go to a physical trainer. If someone's at a company that's dysfunctional, or that wants to become even bigger and better, they come to us for organizational help. So, uh, so what does it mean to, to have dysfunction as a company? Generally means that a company, one, doesn't have a clear vision that people are committed to and with goals that support that vision. So that's the first sign that a company has some dysfunction. The second sign that a company isn't healthy is whether the company has people in all the roles required to achieve its vision that fit their roles. And the third thing or sign that a company is or isn't healthy is when the people at a company are able to solve their problems so they don't keep coming back over and over. In other words, solving these problems at the root without needing to pull the CEO or the owner into each of the problems. So that's a sense for what I mean by organizational health. That's what we as a company do. And how does this relate to REBT? Well, REBT, as as I understand it, helps individuals who face emotional distress uh, get to the root of that. And it's an alternative to taking the blue pill or having a drink to take the edge off or shouting or whatever outlets people might turn to for some immediate kind of comfort from their emotional distress. What we do is kind of like an organizational equivalent to that. So when companies are facing challenges, we help them get to the root of their challenges. So our worldview is basically that any organization is only going to be as effective or successful as its ability to solve its biggest challenges. And in the case of most companies, they're dealing with challenges kind of like hunters. They're just tackling things in a firefighting mode day by day, whatever comes at them, a hunter wants to get through the day or get through the week. And that's the way most people approach their work. They just want to get through the day or the week. But farming is a very different paradigm. With farming, you cultivate the roots and you plant seeds, you irrigate, you fertilize. You have certain processes you trust. And by implementing these processes and certain tools, you're able to create a vastly greater uh, horizon of possibilities and opportunity. So we help people shift from this more, if you will, tactical firefighting mode to a realm where they're bringing more predictability, ultimately much more productivity and much more success into their lives.
0: Oh, very good. And uh, is, are there some parallels here with REBT, rational motor behavior therapy with individuals and REBT thinking? in that uh, when people have dysfunctional behavior and emotions, we try to get to the roots and the roots normally is irrational ideas. I must do well, you must treat me well, and life must go well. And then we teach them a process or a philosophy or a perspective uh, that allows them to navigate their life much more functionally and that perspective is, says there are no musts, there are no shoulds, just are strong preferences. And the more you divest yourself of your musts and shoulds, which are limiting and tend to cloud your thinking, the uh, more productive you'll tend to be and happier you'll tend to be in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I may have lost the thread of the question, but I think I got the crux of it. We effectively look at the thoughts. So let me back up. I mentioned that we strengthen the roots of a company in order to help the company flourish and grow. One of the five roots that we strengthen is the paradigm, the paradigm of the company. And by paradigm, what we mean is the deeper beliefs that are so embedded in the company's behaviors, the company never often even recognizes them. These are not explicit. People don't say, hey, this is going to be our paradigm. It's kind of like water to fish. Fish swim in water. They breathe in water. Everything they do is in water. It affects every moment of every day of their life, but they never even know about water because there's never any not water. So when we talk about paradigms, these are the beliefs that are often limiting companies, not just individuals, but all the individuals of the company. So one example would be problems are bad. Most people think problems are bad. We'd like to avoid problems. Challenge is not is it irrational or rational or wrong or right. We simply say, does it work for you? Is it effective? And if it's limiting you, what's an alternative belief that's going to be more resourceful, more effective for the team? And so when companies first identify this limiting belief or blind spot, they then figure out what works better. So instead of problems are bad, where people will tend to sweep problems under the rug, avoid bringing them up, let alone solving them. People will tend to take any problems people bring up about them or their departments as personal attacks. Instead, we start to shift the mindset. In this example too, for instance, let's hunt for the biggest, best challenges we can find. If we solve bigger, better challenges, we'll be even more successful. So that's one example of a paradigm, but there's obviously a limitless spectrum of ideas people bring that either enable or disable their success.
0: Very good. And Kevin, did you wanna uh, ask a question or give your perspective on this?
2: Yeah, I'm, uh, I've been fortunate or unfortunate to work for several dysfunctional companies and organizations over the course of my professional career, which is probably why I prefer to work by myself at this point. Uh, for a good example of what Josh is talking about, there's a series on Hulu called The Dropout. I don't know if uh, you all are uh, following it, but the last episode will uh, air this week. And it's about that company Theranos and uh, how they created how a uh, toxic work culture basically, uh, basically enabled a, f- a tremendous fraud to be perpetrated in the uh, medical community. And the unspoken rule, the unspoken belief was you must not disagree with the CEO. You must always support her no matter
1: yeah, it's, a, it, it's kind of a consistent phenomenon where fish stinks from the head down. And if you've got leadership that goes a certain way, you can expect the company to pretty much fall in line. What's fascinating about the, this um, this notion of, uh, of don't disagree with the CEO, the owner, the president, the founder, who, who's ever at the head, is that the very basis for effective problem solving, tends to be what we call a collective brain or a plurality of ideas, people challenging each other. And when you don't have a trust level where you can challenge others, suddenly what you have is people who are unilaterally making decisions. And everybody else, since they're shutting up and not saying anything, one, they're not committed to those decisions because they actually didn't support them in the first place. They were just consenting or silently sitting at the table going along. And if they're not committing to these, then execution falls apart. And so just from the get-go, there's a saying, everything, everything isn't anything. If you just look at how ego-driven the leader of a company is and how much dissent or challenge they invite, it tells you a tremendous amount. I'm a firm
2: so whatever, believer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I was just going to say I'm a firm believer that uh, the strength of a company really is in its ability to pool all of its mental resources. And so when you really just have a, uh, a dictator, uh, so to speak, I'm not saying it's necessarily a good idea to embrace everybody's ideas all the time. But when you have a, uh, just this, uh, this autocratic type of structure, uh, there isn't a whole lot of variety in the decision making process.
0: Yeah. So that uh, is a problem with the CEO in terms of uh, conducting the business of the company, but I'm more familiar with the problems of individuals. And I've spoken to a few companies. One was uh, to their um, employees on overcoming alcohol problems, which seems to be a difficulty uh, in some companies. And the other is overcoming stress and uh so do you find, Josh, that in working with companies, sometimes it is at the root, uh, the, the root meaning that the employees and not so much the employer and maybe teaching them REBT would be a big help for the company.
1: I, I don't think it could be hurtful. However, I do think that um, it would be entirely futile in practical terms, if you didn't have buy-in from the CEO, because it's it's virtually impossible to insulate yourself empirically. This is not a, 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 uh, a positive statement of fact, but it's, it's practically impossible to insulate yourself from your environment when you're there day-to-day and moment-to-moment. And when you're... Uh, when you're in an environment where conformity is basically mandated, it, it impedes your ability to make decisions and go about your day-to-day life, They're to do basically why you exist, which is solve problems. And, um, and so the notion that people are going to achieve some, let's call it personal mastery and, and happiness fulfillment or an escape from emotional distress seems to be, while not entirely separate, while not entirely separate, it does seem to be a separate challenge from enabling people to effectively challenge each other's ideas externally in the company to solve problems. But maybe you can shed some light on that. I mean, do you see, do you see a, some, some greater connection between REBT and the uh, the problem solving that happens at companies?
0: Oh, yes, I do. And in fact, I'm currently working on a Psychology Today blog that illustrates this, where a manager uh, treats an employee poorly. Uh, the, the situation is where the employee that's near the end of the day, the employee is getting, to re- getting ready to have a, a a social dinner with friends right after work. And then at the last minute, the manager tells him, well, we're working overtime today because we have this important project to finish. So, uh, uh, so he's going to be late for the dinner. So I'm teaching him in this uh, anecdote in my blog, how not to get himself angry at this unfair treatment. And when he learns how not to get angry by finding the must, my, mon- my manager must not treat me unfairly. He's a rotten person. When he gets over that kind of thinking, then he's able to feel less disturbed. He gets along better with the manager and the business goes better. So, uh, so in a sense, you could say he's isolating himself. He's working individually on a problem in the company, but as he solves it, that will improve uh, relationships and the company all around. Does that make sense, Josh? And does that speak to what you're saying?
1: It, it does. I mean, th- I think there's a saying that you can either leather the world to soften your steps, or you can just buy a new pair of shoes. And you know, it, uh, on the one hand, if you're trying to enroll everybody in REBT, it's a it's a I think a, a very tough road to hoe. I think any individual who practices it, myself as an example, will have a life-changing experience because it is nothing short of life-changing. But I, when I think about the way an organization functions, I shift from an individual perspective to a systems perspective. And by system, I mean, we're, we're looking at the vast interconnectedness across so many people, whether it's five or 500 or 50,000 and you know, it's one thing to, to have a great, a great tool that can be used in isolation. That's a wheel. It's another to have a system like a car or a tool like a spreadsheet, right? VisiCalc, the first, the first use of computers. It's another thing to have a system like a computer, a PC. It, a system affects the way people interface with each other and with the world, day to day and moment to moment. And so when we're implementing the system at companies, it's, it has to always start with total buy-in from the owner or CEO, because without that and the integration that follows throughout the organization, it's going to basically be leathering the world or re- really working individually. I don't diminish the power of working individually, but the practicality of it for an entire organization's change I think starts starts to, you know, call into question. Well, for a given amount of investment, where are you going to get the strongest return? Uh, but I'd love I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, what we're saying uh, can be integrated with each other. I'm just speaking from the individual's point of view. You're speaking from the larger companies or systems point of view. And Actually, I, 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 I'm, I'm
1: going to disagree with my question and, and recant it, because I don't think the question is, is this a stronger return on investment for an organization? I think that REBT could be an integral component of a system. We, we have no component like that on an individual level. We look at the root, which is paradigms, and we explore it for organizations and even departments. But Doing that at an individual level, I think, would add a dimension that would be of inestimable value. Again, everything's in anything. If individuals are practicing discovering their own blind spots, it's much easier to practice that, I think, in groups as well.
0: Uh Yeah, as well. Yeah, I agree. Kevin, did you have a perspective on this?
2: No, the, uh, the only thing that comes to my mind is whenever we're talking about any kind of uh, psychological intervention on the individual level, it's important that everybody involved have informed consent to know what they're getting into. That's the only thing I can uh, that comes to my mind. But other than that, I
0: like what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Well, good, good, very good. And uh, I imagine our viewers like what they're hearing. So uh, unfortunately, we just have a few more minutes. So Uh, Let's wrap it up with final words. Did you want to have a final uh, say, Josh, before we end it? Uh,
1: Sure. So an observation of mine uh, in working and implementing the system with hundreds of companies over the last 10 years is uh, a lot of business owners, myself, three-time business owner, got into what we do in building organizations because... It held the promise of so much freedom. And the practical experience is anything but freedom. CEOs are stuck in the weeds. They're trapped in day-to-day firefighting. And the worst prison, they say, is the one you don't even know you're in. Um, For a lot of people other than the CEO, their existence is defined by chronic anxiety or overwhelm. And uh, when people decide, that they want to ultimately get freedom and strengthen the health of their organization, uh, whether it's the system, which is, I'll hold up this book, uh, this book, or um, or contemplating implementing a system. And you can learn more at helm.ceo about that. Um, there, are, there are systems kind of analogs to the brilliant work you do for entire organizations. And I hope you and I'll talk offline about maybe even integrating a component of REBT. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's, do, let's do that, Josh. Um, and Kevin, did you have a final thought here?
2: No, I'm, I'm
0: just happy to sit here and listen. Thank you. Thank you, you for being with us today. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks again to Josh Klanoff for being our great guest with Helm.com. Is it .com or
1: Helm.ceo.
0: Helm.ceo, so go there to get more information. And uh, Kevin, do you have a website?
2: Yes, uh, my website is www.coguma.com, that's C-O-G-Y-U-M-A.com, and uh, that'll tell you a little bit
0: about me and what I do. Okay, very good, and mine is 3minutetherapy.com, the name of my book, uh, which really is Rationally Emotive Behavior Therapy, plagiarized from the brilliant Albert Ellis. Everything I say, I learned uh, in person uh, from Albert Ellis. First, he was my therapist when I was 18, and then uh, we were colleagues. And if you enjoyed this uh, podcast, please give us a thumbs up below. May add any comments you might have, questions. If you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, please let us know in the comments below. And uh, donate to Patreon to help support us and uh, follow us every week on the Three Minute Therapy podcast to stay on the rational side of life.